You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Swing into Seaside Golf in Ocean City, Maryland. Play like a pro at 17 championship courses designed by golf legends like Jack Nicholas and Arthur Hills. Tee off on sweeping vistas at Eagles Landing. Savor the coastal views of Lighthouse Sound. Or see why Ocean City Golf Club is considered one of the Mid-Atlantic's finest fairways. Whether you're sneaking in a quick round on a family vacation or going all in on a golf getaway, fun is always in play at Ocean City, Maryland. Plan your trip at ococean.com. Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james, netsuite.com slash james netsuite.com slash james for the past 10 years i have been dying for this guy to write a book i think i've told him at least once a year write a book already you have so much interesting knowledge. Like I still remember when he first came on my podcast in 2014, he gave me advice. I still do it to this day. And we talk about that, the coffee challenge, he calls it. And then he gave me more advice that I'm sure 10 years from now, I'm still going to be doing. So he just came out with the million dollar weekend, Noah Kagan. He was like the 12th employee at Facebook and the fourth employee at Mint. And he was fired from both places. He's had an incredible entrepreneurial journey but he just loves these challenges and experiments and you just got to listen to him talk. 
This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Noah Kagan, I have been dying for nine years for you to write a book. Haven't I in the past even begged you to write a book? I feel like I have. <laughs> you said you were going to quit chess if I didn't write this book. You said, I'm giving it all up unless you do this, Noah. And I was like, I, no, million dollar weekend. I'm doing it for James. I, I think you did because I think I have been asking you to write a book. And I think it, I'm, I'm only vaguely memorizing, remembering this, but I feel like you said, ah, book's too hard. So now you've done the book, Million Dollar Weekend. And I love this book. I'll explain why. It's basically how to, how to start a business in a weekend. And the ideas in this book are what I constantly advise people to do and how to think about business. But what you've done is you've put it so well in this book and, and oh, practically thanks. made a formula out of it. Like, I love it because this business philosophy is the only business philosophy people should have. Like, I know your book's going to be a bestseller because of this. Like, it, it's great. But I want to tell you, chapter two of your book where you mentioned the coffee challenge, just two days ago, Jay was there. I was giving this advice to somebody else. Like I use that all the time and I'll let you describe it. But the you first told me in 2014, yeah. the coffee challenge, <laughs> yeah. and I did it right afterwards. I was scared to death, but like you mentioned in the book, it builds your rejection muscle. I, I've gotten $80 off purchases at Home Depot now because I have no fear of asking for 10% off. So I'll let you describe further, <laughs> but just Wanted to just so describe the, the coffee challenge. For anybody who heard it in our podcast in 2014, well, you'll have to hear it Welcome again. Welcome back. <laughs> One, awesome to see you, man. I missed you. I really love your energy, I, your zaniness, your chest, your insane, amazing stories and your writing. So it's, it's great to see you. When did we last? I think we last saw each other at spin and ping pong playing yeah, ping, pong. ping pong we're both we're like you know I don't, maybe it's a jewish thing where we get into ping pong and chess <laughs> yeah yeah what's chess boxing there should be chess ping ponging chess Ooh, yeah so the the coffee challenge you know i did it uh last weekend i was in sarasota florida which is a really cool city and uh i was buying towels because uh, for the beach and i was like oh man how much are these towels and it was like 30 dollars a towel and i was like there's no, the downside if I ask for a discount is they say no. The upside is like, get money off. And so I went to the counter, brought these towels, they're American flags. And uh, I was like, can I have a discount? He's like, why? I was like, I don't know, because I'm asking. And I, there's more to that. And, and he said, sure, let me give you one at full price, one at 30% off. And this is something that's probably been one of the biggest breakthroughs from Million Dollar Weekend among a few other things where people realize like in business, Everything is just asking. In business, it's selling is what I guess what people call it. What a sell is an ask. And if you can practice asking, getting rejected, realizing you're okay, and then move forward, then when you start doing it in business, you realize, oh, I'm just doing the same thing and it's just a skill. Like last week and I started a business. Right. I followed the book. I was reading my own book. And I tried to start a lawn care business and everyone kept rejecting me. And it was like, oh, this is great. Because I'm not going to go spend a lot of time starting a business that no one wants. I didn't have to build a website or Shopify. I didn't have to buy ads. I didn't have to build a YouTube channel. Then I started asking people, hey, I really hate DocuSign. You know DocuSign, all that shit? Yeah, yeah, of course. Hate it, hate it. So I, I looked up people who ever emailed me a DocuSign in my Gmail. I looked up everyone in the past five years and I just started calling them and texting them. And I said, hey, I, I'm, I'm gonna build a DocuSign alternative. What do you think about that? And they said, oh, I, I, I hate DocuSign. I was like, okay, 
do you want to give me a refundable deposit today of $99 and I'll deliver it to you within 30 days? But and I don't I still, understand. Like they, so these are people who send out DocuSigns, like if you have no. a legal agreement to sign. So what I'm showing about the coffee challenge and asking, I'm, I'm showing how doing the towels and doing it when you buy coffee in a silly, stupid way. And then I'm, I'm showing that the, the parallel of using it in business. So I tried to start a lawn care business. Everyone kept saying no. Then I thought, all right, well, this is too hard. Let me try to find a business that's easier to succeed and become a million-dollar business. So I thought, hey, I hate DocuSign. Then I looked at my inbox for anyone in the past five years who's emailed me a DocuSign to sign, anyone who sent me one. And I put yeah. all those people on a list. And I contacted them, the same thing I did, you know, same thing with Coffee Challenge. I said, hey, I'm starting this kind of business. Do you interested in pre-ordering what I'm going to build to see if people actually wanted it? And I was able to get $3,000 in about 24 hours. Oh my and now gosh. I'm building it with Garrett and other people are supporting it. But really now it's like, holy shit, people are really excited to give this. I did get rejected with that, but a lot of people also said yes. And now I know it's something as I build it, we're going to have a customer base for it. And that, that is really the, the, the essence of business. is like finding a problem people are excited to give you money for. That one concept really is defines the book, although there's so many different angles and facets on that. That's why it's worth an entire book. So I've started a lot of businesses, but the only <laughs> successful businesses I've ever started, look, I've started businesses where I raised $100 million out the, out the gate, failure of a business. The only businesses I've started for me personally that were successful were ones where I had a profit from day one. Like that is so, the concept of have a customer first is so important. Again, you could do it the VC way, but like if you really want to increase your chances of making a million dollars, get yourself a customer because there's so many benefits. Oh, there. But, but the coffee challenge, I just want to describe specifically, go to Starbucks, order a coffee, ask for 10% off when they give you the coffee. And when they say why, don't give them a reason. You make it a little uncomfortable for yourself. You, if you still feel uncomfortable, you could say, I'm, I'm doing this book, a million dollar weekend, Noah Kagan, I'm reading it. If you need an excuse, but you can just even say nothing. Like I, I make it hard on myself. I say nothing. Yeah, I say and, nothing. And then they say yes or no. And then the whole point though is not the discount. I, that definitely gets missed sometimes. The point is the rejection. The point is that yeah. you're okay. And the point is you can move forward and do it again and again and again. And all of the most successful people have the most rejections. That is so and, missed. But and, they keep and, going. And by practicing the muscle and the skill of it, it makes it a lot easier when you're asking someone to give you a dollar or come on your show or be your girlfriend, whatever it is in life. And again, this is so valuable. Like I remember you told, you told me, and we're talking like March, 2014. 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the few things I remember from my podcast in 2014 was this one piece of advice. Wow. But you told me, just go and do it right now. So I got in the car, went into to a coffee shop, and I was so scared. I literally was shaking. I was so scared. And it really does improve the muscle because now I can do it, no problem. I'll tell you one other benefit. There was a period when I was single, and so I was on a date, and I described your technique, the coffee challenge. <laughs> and she was like, wow, let's do it. So we did it. At first, I did it, and I was rejected. And then we went to another deli, ordered coffee, and, and, and she did it. She wasn't. Like, pretty girls get rejected less. <laughs> but... It's a great experience to do on a date, actually. Like, it's an adventure that you're having. There's a lot of rejection in life. And practicing it, realizing the pain of it isn't so substantial. And I think what, what I've even noticed is that the fear is so much bigger ahead of it. Meaning, yeah. 
like I've done these YouTube videos. The, the craziest YouTube video I've done where I stood outside an, a private airport and asked to go on people's jets. No joke for a month. I'm like, why am I doing this? Aren't I rich? I don't need to do it. Aren't I, like, what am I doing? And I, and I did it and I got on a private jet and I flew to Boston. I had to buy a, a regular plane ticket home and I, that was insane. But when I actually finally faced the fear and, and faced myself, which is what the coffee challenge is, and it's a very light one, you realize it's not as scary as you seem, as it seems. It's not as scary. And you realize you have more ability to do this in other areas that you can actually start getting what you want. You're not just getting what you get. And the only way you get what you want is you ask. And when you ask, sometimes, yes, you're going to get rejected. And that's the whole point of the coffee challenge is to get rejected and realize it's okay. And, and it's important to develop the skill for the other reasons in your book, which is like, like you described with this DocuSign business. Like, I have no idea what your business idea is, but uh, it's, just, it's hard to write all your contacts and say, can you give me money right now for this idea? Like, I don't, that would be my, I don't know if I could do that. Like, despite mastering the coffee challenge, let me, I don't let know. Let me give if you I another challenge. Can, I, can we do another challenge? Yeah, for the next 10 years. <laughs> I'll see you in 2034. Yeah, we do a yeah. decade. We do our, yeah. our decade show. So when we were putting this book together, I wrote it with Tal Roz. He wrote Never Split the Difference. A lot of business books are like very recipe. You know, like yeah. here's how to do your Facebook ads and here's how to do your scheduling, right? And there's so much of it out there, but then how come there's not just a book that you can say, this is the book to read if you want to do a business? And what we recognize through literally like thousands of people, lots of hours of work, was that the asking is, is the number one is the number one thing that really holds people back. But the other number one, there's two of them that are key, is getting started. They're like, I got to listen to another show of James. I've got to read another book. I've got to buy another course. And so the actual second one, and I'll give you the challenge, is getting started right now. Like the, what you did is so awesome. You just got out last time and you went to the coffee challenge. The other one is how do you practice doing things right now and you worry less about the how? So I call it now, not how. And so I'll give you the one. Maybe you can do it live. I think this would be pretty cool. All right. Most people want to be rich. Being rich is great, right? You can do a lot more things. You have a lot more options. You can choose how you want to spend your time. But the reason you don't become rich is because you don't even make your first dollar. So it's called the dollar challenge. And all you have to do, James, right now, we'll just do it right now live. Can you get $1 from someone? And I'll help you, but I, I, let me just leave it at that. Just right now, if you needed to get $1 as quickly as possible, what would you do? Uh, well, I was just going to, maybe this is unfair because I noticed in the book you didn't, let, you didn't let your following, your social media following help you. I was just going to go on Twitter and say, for $1 next Wednesday, I will call you and we can talk about stocks. <laughs> that, you, do you want to do that? Yeah, I'll do it. I, All right, I wanna, let's see what, I, I think that's a bigger one. I, the, in the book, I encourage you know, most people don't have, maybe have a social media following of that sort, even if it's small. Yeah, that's why you didn't, I don't want to cheat. So what would- Yeah, so what I'd recommend in the book and what I recommend for you to do to make it a little bit more interesting is potentially, if you have your phone with you, can you put it on speaker and who would you, who's the first person you'd call to ask for a dollar? Uh, Jay. <laughs> well, Jay's producer. on the call, but who's, who's someone second? Uh, gosh, I, you know, I don't know because I don't really call a lot of people. Like, I don't really talk on the phone with people. I know, that's why it's going to be a little bit interesting. Uh, like I don't, I definitely don't call people that I'm only vaguely acquaintances with. Um, let's call one person. So here's the thing for people out there, as much as asking is a skill that you get better at, it's also getting started and realizing to make a million dollars, you have to start with one. So all you do is call one person right now or text them say, Hey, Venmo, PayPal, crypto, Western union, snail mail, cash, 
give me a dollar. And people realize it's the same thing. Like, holy shit, I just got started. And you could tell them, hey, I need you as my investor. I need you as my advisor uh, to support me and observe me doing this business. I did the same thing last week, but I did it on the streets with strangers. Yeah, see that, like if I call someone and say, look, first off, I'd have to tell them that people are listening to their call because otherwise who knows what they might say. So I feel like the phone is not the right. And and then if they know they're being listened to, they're going to always going to say yes. So I feel like that's almost a little cheating too. I'm trying to figure out a way we can do it here live. Why, Hon, why is it cheating? Well, the same way I, I, Twitter, like if, 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 I would rather do it on the Twitter just because then people don't know that their result is being observed. If you know your result is being observed, we know from quantum mechanics that changes the result. So if I but, call someone and say uh, 30,000 people yeah. or 100,000 people are listening to you, <laughs> uh, reject me or not, they're so, going to give me a dollar. <laughs> so, so two things. One, if you feel more comfortable doing it on Twitter, I would push you on the phone because I think especially for your, I don't know, for your experience, I think that would be a, a more dramatic growth for you. But the point, if you can leverage, and this is a key part of the book that, that we get into, is that as you're starting a business, use what you have as an advantage. Meaning, if you're like, hey, I'm being recorded. Hey, I'm doing it because of a book. Great. Hey, you're my friend. Great. People try to start businesses and they make it so much harder on themselves than they have to. Like, right. I can't do this thing that people will help me with. Yeah, people want to help you. Jay, do you have a, I don't have a Venmo account. Do you have a Venmo people can send money to? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, is it, is it free money for me? I'll, I'm I'll, watch. I'll, I'll, I'll split it up, but I'm not. I'm going to use Twitter because, again, I don't even. Uh, uh, Twitter is more strangers anyway. Like if I call someone I know well enough to call, they're just going to say yes. So I'm trying to make it. I actually think it's harder if I do it on Twitter. All right, man. Let's find out. All right. So, um, do you want me to even screen uh, share my screen? Yeah, I'm following you on Twitter, so I want to see what happens. Okay, good. Um, so. Post. So for other people out there, while James is writing this thing, what we identified and what's holding people back from million-dollar businesses and beyond, there's a lot of recipes, and that's that's definitely what I help encourage people, and I show exactly how I've done it at AppSumo.com. But to get going, it's how do you get started where you're getting started over and over again, and then how do you get better at asking? So we talked about the coffee challenge. This is the dollar challenge. And Jay, do I have a time opening on Wednesday? I could call someone uh, um, for an hour? Uh, so the only thing I would challenge you, James, is almost, yeah. you don't necessarily even have to give them a benefit. The whole point of the dollar challenge is doing things right away. A lot of times people are like, how do I do all these things? It's like, no, just get going. And for you specifically, I think if you're offering something like, hey, I'm going to give you an hour call, it changes the dynamic. For other see, people out there, it's just like, it's hey, too I'm much starting, value. Yeah, I'm start, of course, I, I would pay a lot more than a dollar to talk to you about it. So for people out there, it's, hey, I'd love for you to be an investor. I'd love for you to support me. I'm practicing getting started. I'd like to see what can happen, but just you want to be watching me as I start my business journey. All right, I'm not even going to say that because I wouldn't need to tweet that. I'm just going to say, um, can someone Ven Venmo me a dollar and... I'm doing the but, dollar okay. challenge. So, so, okay, so I shouldn't offer any value for the dollar. I feel like I should offer some value. <laughs> like you offered value when you sold the DocuSign thing, right? You, you called people you knew and you off, offered some value and you thought that value was $99. So what, what's something of a dollar value I can offer? James, do you want me to call someone live? Let me call my brother live. I'm just going to, because like, dude, you're doing this tweet. We're making it way too complicated. But for me to do the challenge, I got to do it honestly. I got to, I got to, I don't what want you, you do? to do Show it. Show me your phone. Show me your phone. Go get your phone, please. I, I was going to call my brother because he'll say no.
I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop. Really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do. But I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. 
See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Here, do you guys want me to call my brother? I'm just going to call my brother while we're waiting for James. Okay, yeah, go for it. All right. I've never done this to my brother. Let me see what he does. I mean, I feel like brother is there just like, yeah. So I can't really chat. What's going on? All right, Seth, I'm on a podcast with my buddy James, and I'm doing the dollar challenge. I don't know. Do you know about this? No, I don't. Okay, great. Would you be willing? I'm gonna. We're gonna start. We're, we're trying to show people how to get started in business. Would you be willing to send me a dollar right now? <laughs> is there a conclusion, or is that the complete sentence? That was it. Would I be willing to send you a dollar? Please. Sure, I can send you a dollar. Do you want me to send you a dollar? Yes, on Venmo at Noah Kagan. Okay, I'll send you a dollar. Hold on, I'll I'll stay on the line. So I'm trying to, what we're showing people, it's part of Million Dollar Weekend, is just getting started right now. Normally what you tell and tell people is, hey, starting a business, and I want people to be a part of my journey, so I'd be curious if you could just send send me a dollar to support me on my business journey. Uh, Okay. Sort of following, I'm sort of off. That's okay. None of us know what we're doing anyways. Oh, he sent it, he sent it. Thank you, Seth. All right, so my brother said Million Dollar Weekend, $1. He's believing in me, and I got started right away. Thank you, Seth. I'll call you later. Yeah. Love you. But now, your brother's always going to send you a dollar. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point in business. Let me. Uh, by the way, a lot of people out there be like, that's stupid, that's silly. And yes, business should be silly and fun. And when you're starting businesses, look at who you have in your zone of influence. Who is in your company? What have you worked on? Who do you know? And people are like, no, let me go and start something really hard on myself. It's like, why? You don't have to. Yeah, no, I like that. So, um, James, who are we going to call? Okay. Now, but I feel like I have to tell them they're on a podcast. Yeah, you say, hey, I'm on a podcast with my buddy Noah. We're doing this thing called the Dollar Challenge. I'm going to probably try to start a business, and I want to see if you would be willing to support me and send me $1 today, right now. I'm waiting for my phone to ring, James. I'm, it's better me. It's better be me. No, you can't call Jay your producer. That's no, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this professor at Georgia Tech. I know. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> okay, dialing, ringing. How's it going? Good, good. I owe you an update, but I want to tell you I'm about to put you on speaker because I'm doing a podcast and I just need your help answering a question. I'm gonna start a business. I have no idea what, and I'm just wondering if you could send me a dollar right now to get me started on this. Wait, it's you, James? Yeah, me. Okay. And I want to, I need a dollar to start. How am I going to get it to you? Can you Venmo Jay? I can Venmo Jay. I'll Venmo Jay a dollar. You want me to do it now? Yeah. Jay's going to text you his Venmo right now. Jay, are you going to do it right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now, right now. Yeah, it has to be, it has, the key is it has to be right now. So Jay, did you do it? Uh, I'm doing it right now. So give me two seconds. Why don't we do this part of it off the air? Why are you doing this on the air? I mean, it was a key that it was. It was a key that was on the air. 
That was crucial to this? Thing. Yes. Are we on the air now? We are on the air now. Are you going to tell me any background? So, by the way, how much do you think you could have asked me for before I said no? That's a good question. How much do you think I could have asked? And by the way, it's a little bit weirder now you've said this, that you want me to send it to Jay. That's, a little, that's different. O- only because I don't have Venmo. <laughs> how about this? You get Venmo, and when you get Venmo, I'll send you a dollar. No, no, you have to send the dollar right now. This is what happens when you raise money from anybody. They give you reasons. They give they create reasons to not send you the money. I, it, you're gonna raise money. And the first thing I say is, "Hey, you know, do you have a one pager for that?" I, that's true, but I am just asking you for a dollar. That's the key. Okay. I know if you don't trust some random, you know, yeah. guy from Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I think of. That's not how I think of Jay. I think you're more random than Jay. So. <laughs> All right. Now I know it doesn't work until Jay gets the dollar, but he'll send a dollar, and so. The thing there is a lot of people would like to be a millionaire or a thousandaire, have grocery money, and really it starts with one, right? You know, AppSumo.com, we do, it's crazy, about $200,000 a day in sales, but it started one day with a $12 sale. And, and again, this is how do you get started today? So in a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, uh, you'll be further along. And it, it's really a practice. How, how did you feel doing it? I felt a little awkward, particularly when, so he's a professor, so he's always going to think of 6,000 re- ways to analyze this till it's dead, uh, which is a good thing. That's what I've learned from, from him in our long friendship. But um, it did feel awkward when he was asking questions like, can I send it to you later? Or like, why do you want this? And uh, that felt, uh, 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 it made me feel a little awkward, but I kind of did the same thing as the coffee challenge, which is just say, I need a dollar now and you don't say anything else. And then what did you learn about this experience so far? I would say it's not necessarily what I learned. And again, I just did it this one time, but I could feel that same kind of muscle of being uncomfortable asking for something. And I could feel, and this is a slightly different muscle. And and I could see how just asking for anything is hard. And yeah. and money, money has so much psychology wrapped around it. Like Completely. It's tricky, particularly when you're asking a friend and you're not telling them why, and like it doesn't make sense a dollar. So, so even though it was clearly something fun, and like you said, I was using the podcast to my advantage, so he can't really say no. He still pushed back, and yeah. and I didn't want to give a reason. I said you just have to yeah, do it you, now. You can give to be clear for everyone out there. Give a reason, right? Say, hey, I'm starting a business. Will you be my advisor? Oh, Will now, you be my investor? Now, now you tell me. <laughs> I want to make it harder on you, James. Because did you get it, Jay? Yep, just want to get an update. I just did send a dollar. Made a dollar. <laughs> this is for you. Dude, hell yeah. And look, here's the thing. A lot of people in, uh, will be like, oh, it's so silly. And it's like, well, how come so many people that want to start a side hustle or business haven't started? Because they haven't gotten started. And this is the smallest, stupid, simplest, funnest, most fun, way that you can do it. Like, hey, so will you support me and send me a dollar on my business journey? And I, people will be surprised like, that once they do it, they actually get excited to do it. And then it's like, okay, well, now let me get going on my business stuff and then find something I'm excited to actually start selling people. And that it's all the same exact thing. Yeah, it's interesting. It reminds me of one guy a long time ago started a Kickstarter where you could buy like a piece of him and anything he makes over a certain amount of time. And... And I think I gave him like $50 or something. Like, you know, you kind of scale up to what you can ask for. And I, look, I have 
always had a, you know, I used to run a hedge fund. So you're constantly asking people for money for not really delivering that much more value than they can get much cheaper for, with a mutual fund, for instance. So it was very hard for me. I was very poor at raising money. I'm a good salesman, but I'm poor at raising money. Yeah, I mean, I think there's different taboos around sales and there's discomfort in asking in general, right? All of us feel that. And it doesn't go away whether you're, you know, you just, you generally, you know, you keep practicing it and you get better at it. And it's something that you can develop over time. And then eventually with business, what gets exciting, James, and I think you've known, you know this too, when you had your web design company or when I have this book or we have deals on AppSumo, I'm excited to go tell people, which I guess you could call sales or asking for people to buy things. But I'm like, I love what it is. So I don't think of selling as a bad thing. And as we started with the whole show with, when I get rejected, which I still get rejected all the time, I'm like, okay, well, I've been rejected. I can keep going. It's fine. Right? I, it's not such a scary thing. And, you know, it's very interesting because people say ideas are a dime a dozen, execution is everything. And there's some truth to that, except execution ideas are a subset of ideas. And what you're really describing in this book is good execution versus bad execution. So bad execution might be, I'm going to create something that improves DocuSign. I'm going to raise a million dollars of VC funding. I'm going to hire a dozen programmers. I'm going to create it. Then I'm going to look for my customers. So that's a bad execution idea. Instead, what you did was an excellent execution idea, which is yeah. call up people you knew were using DocuSign, describing your personal you know, solution to the problems they might be having, and, and then is the muscle that you've been developing with this $1 challenge, uh, ask them for money in advance. Yeah. And that's a great execution idea. You validated the market. You validated you'd have customers. You just made a profit before you even start the business. <laughs> and you did everything in reverse in what people usually do. And that yeah. actually is the better execution idea. Yeah, I saw a Silicon Valley tech company and I was laughing at them uh, a week ago. They started a business, which I thought the, I think the problem is really interesting. Most people nowadays, everyone's like, AI. I'm like, no one cares about your solution. They care about their problem. And the problem they solved I thought was interesting, which is creating videos of your grandparents before they die. And I think that's such, I wish I had more videos of my dad before he passed. And yeah. so they raised $3 million. They've built this tech. Now they're out buying Google ads and Facebook ads and trying to build a social media following to finally get this business that I could have started in a weekend asking three of my friends, and I always recommend try to get three customers in 48 hours, hey, can I film your grandparents on my phone? I'll drive over there and film them. It's $100. I could find out in a weekend if someone wants that business versus the approach that they, they had a pitch deck and they had to get a founder from Google because you have to get someone who said they work at Google. And that whole business, you could find that people want it or not and then do all this other stuff that eventually... Yeah, today, AppSumo, we have almost 100 people to run a, a pretty significant business. But that's something that you could find out very quickly if people want it. Uh, and most people just do the founder-first approach instead of the customer-first approach. And you know, that's, that's a great example. To be honest, someone once pitched me a similar idea and I said, walk me through this. And, and she was, she's a videographer and she was going to raise $2 million to do something exactly like what you just said. And I said to her, just ask some friends first if you could do it. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened afterwards. So, but again, there's a wide range of execution ideas. It's not just about mm. doing some execution. And and that that's why that that's a why that's a classic example is because you can do it manually. So I don't even know if you know this, Noah. Like Oracle sells a database, right? The, the Oracle okay. database. And 
their first customers back in like the early 80s, their first customers, they would say, we have this database. Can we, do you want to buy it? And General Electric or whatever would say, sure, we'll buy it. And then Oracle would say, well, we have to install it. So we have to spend, have some programmers over there and install it. And then they would send programmers there for six months to sit on site and quote unquote install it. That was how they built the product. <laughs> they were really performing a service, wow. but disguised as selling a product. And that's how they made their product. Yeah, I think most people are building stuff or looking for solutions and then trying to find problems. I'm trying to find problems and then bring solutions. So even AppSumo, this is you know, a crazy story. I just looked it up recently. You know, today, literally, you know, $80 million business, which blows my mind. And I think there's an underlying key message, which is you have to get started and then you have to stick with these things. You have to not quit too soon. But the first deal ever on AppSumo, people PayPal'd me money, $12, and I manually emailed them their, their promotion code to get Imgur uh, at a discount. I manually Gmail, I used Gmail, and I just sent them an email. I was like, hey, here's your code. They're like, one person's like, hey, it took a while because it was, I had to literally wait for the people to come in and then I emailed them back. Now, obviously, there's, you know, we have 20 person engineering team to do an API licensing system that, that's pretty complex, but it just started with me manually emailing them. And yeah. that's the thing I think people are starting to change their perspectives on because I know you and me and a lot of others have done it the, the way that most people do, which is I got to build it, I might need funding. I got to go do some marketing and then pray that hopefully people want it. I've definitely done that a lot and waste a lot of money and time. Well, tell tell the apps like so. AppSumo is is a, is a big business. You're the creator of it, and you describe how you started it in in the in the book. You just have a chapter describing how you started. It. Tell that story because it's really interesting and and it, it involves a lot of the principles that we've been talking about so far. Yeah, I'll give an, another quick example just to kind of keep hammering it home. I think people think what, what happens though, James, is everyone knows this and they'll hear it, but they're like, but they always say the same thing. My business is unique. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what business is unique? All of them. And so you can do it your way, fine, go try it out. But then if when that works and it may or may not, there's also another way and that does work. And maybe it doesn't work the first weekend, but it can work the second or third. Airbnb, you know, they started in a weekend and you know how they started? They literally. There was an email thread for a comp design conference in SF, and they said, hey, $150, someone can stay on our couch. That was the whole business. And that yeah. was in a weekend. And someone did it, and that led them to now create a company worth $100 billion. And so it's realizing, how do you find something that people are really excited to give you money for? It's same with AppSumo. I tried so many different businesses over my 20s, and none of them really worked amazingly. And I was like, I just want software deals at a great price. And I love marketing, and everyone wants more customers. How do I do that? And so in a weekend, I put a PayPal button on a website, spent $12 on AppSumo.com, and then I cold emailed a software creator named Alan. He was a college student. I said, hey, I'd love to promote your product. I love Imgur. It's normally $24. I'll pay you $7 for everyone I sell, and I'll do all this marketing for you. He's like, sure. There's no cost to him. Then I posted it on Reddit, and within the first week, we sold 200 of them. And I manually emailed those codes, and that has led now to a business with, you know, Significant revenue, employees, and their teammates, as we like to call them. And so, so, so wait, there, I have some questions just about yeah. what you said. So, they were selling their Imgur Pro for $24, right? Yes. Something like that. And you said, I will pay you, can I sell them for you? I'll pay you $7 for each thing. So, he didn't mind that he wasn't getting 24 So, the idea for me with the business is that software is zero marginal cost to distribute it to more customers. There's some, software, maybe if you're doing email where the cost could be higher, but the cost is pretty much zero. So there's not a lot more cost for him to give it out at even $1. That's all profit. So that was one of the insights I observed within software. Now, the, way, the acronym I always think about when I'm messaging anyone is WIFT. What's in it for them? 
So when you're messaging anyone, if you're messaging James, you're messaging Jay, you're messaging me, you're messaging a college student, what's in it for them? Why the hell should they be excited to reply to you? And how do you make it a no-brainer? And that's literally the same email we send to this day at AppSumo. We email people and we say the same thing. Promoting you to X amount of people. Hey, we'd love to pay you. Most people are making $100,000 as software creators getting featured on AppSumo. Is that something you're interested in? <laughs> and I will tell you, we get a very high response rate. And there's a lot of software creators every single month that we're able to promote as software deals to entrepreneurs on AppSumo. And on the other side of that, the crazier part of the story is I did post on Reddit and I did have a PayPal button on a website. Didn't spend a lot of time, didn't spend a lot of money to find out if people really wanted it. But then I cold emailed the Reddit founders and I said, hey, we have a mutual friend. Can I take you out to breakfast? Pork Store Cafe in Haight-Ashbury. And I'll take you out to breakfast. Uh, I just want to talk to you about this new thing I'm doing with Reddit. Because taking a step back here, business is all three things. It's three W's, I call them. It's the what, which is what problem are you solving that people care about or excited to give you money? Two, who is that person? And three, where are they? That's it. And I knew that Imgur and that product, there was a lot of customers on Reddit because I was that customer. And the best businesses are the ones where you're your customer. Yeah. So cold email this guy, took him out to breakfast and I said, hey, uh, working on this business and love Reddit. Can you give me some free ads because you have an ad system coming out? Now it's you know billion dollar business, I believe, or pretty significant. It's just launching. You know, I can use it. I can be a testimonial. I can promote it for you and tell others. And he said, sure. So he gave me $10,000 worth of free ad space to start. And all I did That's was ask. Great. And then I asked for that ad space again six months later. And he was like, do you want to pay cash now, the $10,000? I was like, no, because I don't have that much money. <laughs> but just because they were getting started, and I said, hey, I'll be a testimonial. I'll promote it. I'll tell people about it. Uh, it made it easy for them to do that. And so that was another thing that really helped you know, get AppSumo started. And, and again, you know, this dollar challenge and getting started, the whole point is an $80 million a year business started with a $12 sale. Because I sold it at 12 and I kept five bucks uh, per sale. Right, so, so how many did you sell that first week? The first week, I think we sold, first week we did 200 in sales of Imgur. And what I recommend for people is as you're validating businesses on your weekend, three customers and at least, if you can, $100 in profit. And if it's that hard to do in a weekend for that, it's only going to get harder. And again, try it a different way. And when that doesn't work, just come back. And I'm still here. The good thing with this style of execution, which is very important, is that if it doesn't work, like let's say you don't sell anything in a week, well, that right. might mean, yeah, you, like you just validated the idea without running it by your whole family and <laughs> then trying to raise money <laughs> and then trying to talk people into, you know, distributing for you, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many bad ways to do a good idea. But also, it just might be a bad idea, and uh, you could you could just move on to the next idea. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. 
Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Let me give you another example because I think, you know, the more examples people can relate to it, there's a guy named Jake. Jake read Million Dollar Weekend. He lives up in Dallas. He's got three kids and a day job and a wife. So he's busy, man. But he's had this dream for two years to have a business and have his own hustle. And he's always, he, he told me, I said, Jake, why do you want a business? He's like, because I don't want to live a what if life. I was like, oh, that's good. That's really good. I don't want to live a what if life. That's almost so, the title of a book. The what, the if, what life, if life, man. Yeah. yeah. He didn't want to live that. And so in a 48-hour period, Jake's a huge golfer. I, I don't care for golf. I care for margaritas. So that's the only reason I'm on a golf course. And, well, you're, uh, you're, you're a Jew. I, so. <laughs> dude, dude, it takes so long and golf is expensive. I'm like, I like disc golf, right? It's free. And you get a- What's you know, disc golf? What's that? What's disc golf? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, disc golf. It's like golf, but you throw a little Frisbee and there's these metal baskets. They have them in Atlanta. They're all, they're all over America. All right. Well, that you assumes I leave my house. That assumes I ever leave my house. So that's a big assumption. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I would agree with that. So Jake is a huge golfer and he's got a lot of golf friends. And so we worked on different business ideas. And the one we used a million dollar process on that was like, wow, this is definitely a million dollar opportunity was golf trips. Golf trips, more or less for dads. And so Jake, who doesn't have social media, I don't even know if he's on any of these places, contacted and validated within a 48-hour period five paying customers for a golf trip to, I think, called Badlands. I don't even know the golf course. I don't know shit about it. He sold $500 worth of golf trips. And now, because he has the money, it's easy for him to go plan these golf trips uh, and deliver on it for these people. That was deposits, refundable deposits from people in his network, as well as referrals, uh, to be able to see if that's something people are really excited to do. And guess what? I think you, you said it really well yourself. If no one wanted it and he called these people, and here's a, an easy way when you're trying to start a business, ask people for feedback. Just be like, hey, I got this business idea. Can you give me feedback what you think about it? And I'll, I'll give you a framework. So you ask them for feedback. And you say, hey, do you like golf trips? Oh, yeah, great. What do you, when are your next golf trip? Oh, I don't have one. Okay, so you're listening to them. Then you give them an option. Hey, so you haven't had one in a while or you loved your golf trip. I'm actually thinking of that one I told you about. Like, I'm actually thinking I'm going to do it in April. Uh, it might be about 5,000 bucks. And, but it'll be this and this and this and this and this. What do you think about that? You give them an option and then they'll say, oh my God, yes. Or they say no. And if they say no, you ask, how come it, it isn't exciting to you? And they explain why. And then you give them that option again with, with solving their problem. And then you transition them to a depository, transition them to a sale. So LOT. And I, I find that to be the most effective way of finding out quickly whether someone has a problem. And, if, and guess what? If you can't solve their problem, don't sell them. Don't help them because it's not a problem you can do. And he had already figured out, he didn't even need to really figure out his profit margin on that because they were just putting a deposit. He could then figure out, you know, the whole issue. No. So the one thing I would discourage people from is just going and trying to validate a bunch of ideas without understanding if you have a million dollar opportunity. And so specifically with Jake, there's two key components. One, is the market flat, dying, or growing? So go on Google Trends, just go see, search golfing, golf trips. This is, this is a brilliant idea, by the way. So like, it basically if the number of people searching for golf trips is going up or going down. And you could go to Google Trends and just see this. Yeah, I'm not going to call my friend out. He's one of my best friends, but he loves choosing industries that are dying. <laughs> and, I, and every time they fail five years later, I'm like, bro, you, so for instance, he started a newspaper business 
Then he started a COVID <laughs> mask business. And it's like, oh my God. Yes, it might be starting for a month. That's great. But you want to look at over, you know, understand in the long term horizon, at least five years, is that going to be continually grow? And again, all this stuff is super quick and basic. I don't want people spending a lot of time to find out, okay, no one wants it. So again, you're just trying to get indicators. And so golfing, there's a huge golf show. Golfing is definitely at least flat, if not rising. And you can also look at it comparatively. So look at golf versus basketball or look at golf versus disc golf. And maybe disc golf is not doing crap and golf is crushing it compared to it. And really the point here is you're going to work hard either way. So why not you work on the thing with more opportunity? The second part to your point, James, and before you validate any of this stuff, and there's other ways you can do validation if you're scared to call people, is understanding your business model. So I, I like to call it the one minute, one minute business model because again, I don't want people spending a lot of time on this stuff. Is that how many do I have to sell to make a million dollars profit? <laughs> how many golf trips does Jake need to sell to make a million dollars profit? And what you can do is, okay, well, do I need to sell a higher price? Do I have more frequency? Do I need to reduce the cost structures of these things? And then it at least gives you an indication of what it needs to take to make a million dollars, which won't happen in a weekend, but it can happen over a few years. And you want to understand that before you rush off in the wrong direction in something that's not a great opportunity. Then I would well, do validation stuff. That's really interesting because like, let's say he built a $1,000 margin like let's say he told everyone it's five it's five thousand dollars, but he knew he was going to pay four thousand dollars for everything. Um, then he just selling a thousand doesn't seem like inconceivable in a year. Not at all. I mean, in a year would be a lot. It's three a day, but over a three year period, yeah, I would be surprised. I'd be surprised if you can do one person a day over three years. And the point here is that if you can validate that people want it, then you deliver on it, and then you keep doing the same thing to grow it. Most people would just get so. How do I scale it? It's like don't even worry about scale. You haven't even sold one customer. Well, let me ask you a question. How would you market it? So at first, obviously, he could call his friends. So that validates that this is something people are willing to pay for. Like, yes. particularly if something's $5,000, no one's going to just say yes to it just because <laughs> it's their friends. But how would you then market it? Because marketing costs money. Does it? Well, how did you, I, well let's even take you, for example. How did you get the show? How did you get your attention early on? Did you spend money to get your, your attention for your podcast and your blog? I know one of the no, things you did. No, zero. I've spent zero money. I thought marketing costs money. <laughs> what did You're you right. do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know how much was required, but I spent years being helpful to people on social media. That's exactly and so, right. And, and so what happens when, you, when you give is that people ultimately want to figure out a way to give back. And so once you do offer something that has value, that costs something, people are happy to participate in your business because they've benefited so much from other 100%. things you've done. So we can even break this down on a more granular level, but for you specifically, I remember seeing you in TechCrunch a lot. And I think yeah, that's I would write I for think. TechCrunch. Yeah. Yeah. And that didn't cost you money. That cost you putting in effort and having some relationships to be able to do that. So let's take Jake, for instance. One, he's got to deliver the product. And once he's delivered the product, you can just sell to those people again. Hey, you like this trip? Do you want to sign up for the next trip? Now, the other two things that Jay can do without spending any money or even trying to have to figure out how to be a social media influencer is he's only got five people through that. Like, how many other people in his phone book? Most of us have more people wanting us to succeed and wanting and potentially actually being customers than we realize. We're always thinking like, oh, and look, I, I love marketing. I've had a lot of success with marketing at Mint and at Facebook and at AppSumo and TidyCow and a lot of these different things. But you have more meet on the bone within your own network than you realize. And so going through literally everyone in your contact list, literally going through every single person on your LinkedIn and realizing there's probably more customers in there than you expect. And now the second part, again, having spent a lot of money at this point, is who that you've already helped probably has one person that could be your customer. 
So when I was doing this DocuSign alternative, I would sell, there's a guy I sold to named Jack. And Jack, we've, we pay him to do our Facebook ads. And so, yeah, I hit up people that I'm paying to see if they need this service. Once Jack bought, I said, Jack, hey, who's one person that's also like you, an agency owner, that you think would, that uses DocuSign or PandaDoc, that would want the service? And he introduced me to this guy named Evan. Guess who I'm selling? Evan. And so again, there's, there's really complicated and there's a lot more sophisticated stuff you can be doing. But really, just keep doing more of what worked until that stops working. And, and it's a lot longer than people realize uh, the basics. I suppose also you could, you could, that last one technique, which is who does one, who's one person you know that I can call, you could kind of amp that up a little bit by making all your customers affiliates. So if, if, if Jack, if you say to Jack, hey, everybody who, who you refer to me who buys, I'll give you 20% of the margin on that. And then the ditto for everybody you bring in. Yes. You know, so then it sounds a little multi-level-ish, but at the same time, <laughs> you're, you're selling something of value. I so yeah. who, you can also who even doesn't keep it, benefit? You, can, you don't even have to make it complicated. With, with someone like Jake, let's take these golf trips. Jake, if you can get two friends to join, I'll give it to you for free. Right. That sounds freaking cool. I think Jake would go, you know, anyone who's, who's committed to going on Jake's trip would definitely go do it. And then as you get going on these things, yes, you know, I, I talk about it later in the book and it's the same playbook I've used over and over in marketing. It's like, all right, what's the, what's the process I can use now to start doing other marketing opportunities once you've really maximized and done everything there? And the way you approach it is you have a goal with a timeline. So for Jake, it would say, hey, in 2025 next year, I want to have 30 people go on trips. Okay. So what are all the ways that I can think of to get people to go on trips? I can, I can keep using my network. Maybe that's 10. I could do referrals. That's 15. I could try blog posting or tweeting all day. Maybe that's five. I could try Twitter. I could try YouTube. I could try uh, posting at golf courses. I could ask golf coaches. And you list out all the different options and you predict how many you think you can sell from them within 30 days. And then what I like to do is try them out because it's hard to know what works. Because what works in one business will not work in another. And once right. you try it out for a month, and by the way, you can just sort it. Like, all right, sort it top down, which ones you think are going to be the most impactful. Try them out for a month, do one a week, or just do one a month, depending on your time availability. And you will clearly see what works and what does not work. But the important part is you have a business that works because you know people want it. And now the marketing part is like, all right, how do I find more people who want it? Most right, people like say, I have this marketing problem. I don't know, how do I do marketing? I was like, no one wants what you're doing. That's the problem. You're really right. And there's lots of things to try. Like like Jake, for instance, could write for any number of golf-related blogs, five best golf vacation sites. And at the bottom, he's not doing any marking at all. Just at the bottom, you know, Jake runs, you know, golfluxurytrips.com. You know, contact him at jakes at golfluxurytrips.com. Yeah. And I mean, that's the, the only marketing you can do. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the best people I've, almost the best people I've always hired through AppSumo.com as well as through my YouTube as well as for Million Dollar Weekend have come with something free too. There's so many ways of marketing. So let me give you a specific example. There's a guy named Jay Yang. He's 17, lives at home with his parents and he knows I'm working on Million Dollar Weekend and so he emailed me a presentation showing me why my social media sucks and my email marketing sucks and the exact things he would change about it. There's a 30-page Google slide. And this guy's in high school. Jay is now making, I can't say their share salary, but he's making more than most high schoolers if not all of them. <laughs> that's and that is because so he offered something of value. He didn't yeah. just say, hey, can I be your editor? Hey, can I help you with email? No, he showed me. He didn't tell me. He showed me. And that's a marketing example. If you have an well, agency, which a lot of people are freelancers or agency, don't tell your potential customer. Show them. And once they you know, see it, they're like, oh, shit. 
But I think I think it's very important too that he if he wrote to you and said, "Hey, no, I'm a big fan. Can I just take you out for coffee?" You probably wouldn't respond to that. Instead, he offered you something of value, almost practically for free. And I, that the offering something of value is really important. Like when I was first starting to get involved in finance, like this is 24 years ago. I wanted to, or 23 years ago, I wanted to start a hedge fund. Or I, I wrote to all my heroes in the finance world and said, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Zero people responded. They didn't even say no. They just didn't respond. But then I would I I came up with ideas for each person for their business and for their lives. Send it do? to them. And then- um, Do you remember three, the things you did? Yeah, well, like, okay, let's take- Jim Cramer, okay, you know, he he is a writer, a big finance writer, and and he has the TV show Mad Money. I gave, I said, here's 10 ideas for articles that if you write these articles, I definitely would subscribe, to, and I'm sure a lot of other people would for the street.com. And I always added, no need to get back with me. I just would love to see your viewpoint on these articles. And and I knew from my research that these were good topics for articles. At least one of them would be interesting. So he wrote back within five minutes and said, this is great. Why don't you write these articles and start writing for the street.com? And that's the first time I got paying gigs writing. <laughs> and then I wrote to another guy. Yes, I, so good. I, I wrote to another guy and I said, I understand, you know, what your so this guy was a hedge fund manager. I understand what your hedge fund is. You know, I read your PhD thesis. I understand what you do. Here's <laughs> here's 10 software packages that I know that I've been trading personally, that I wrote the software and and they work. And I know it's your style. And I'd be happy to explain it to your um, programmers and stuff, but they'll they'll get it easily. And no need to get back with me. And he instantly wrote back and said, "This is great." And then you know he got to know me a little bit more, and he allocated the first. He was the first person to invest with me, and I started a hedge fund. So marketing doesn't always cost money. <laughs> I you know the the thing I would say though is that things evolve. So AppSumo. I think we have a 20, I don't know the exact final number, but it's 25 people. And monthly, we're spending, it varies depending on the month. Like Black Friday, November, we spend about a million dollars in marketing. So on ads and affiliate and promotional designs and giveaways. This year, we gave away seven Apple Vision Pros. But we spent almost a million then. And on average, we're spending 350000 to half a million dollars a month. But it started with zero. And so I, I like people spending no time and no money very quickly before they even have to start getting distracted that they need money to be successful. Because that's just not right. true. Right. But you could have, like, once you do, let's say you start getting profitable and you want to scale and you think marketing would do that. Totally. You could use you could use your techniques in, you could, you could A, do something for a very short amount of time. Like, okay, I'm going to make this ad. I'm going to make five different ads for Facebook. And if one of them work, that's the one now you double down on. And, and then you understand then you have to figure out some of the math. Like, okay, I spent $50 on Facebook ads over six months. I made $60 from those particular customers who came yes. in that way. So it's worth it. So you start small and experiment and then double down. So so a lot of this approach that you're having is how can you do experiments to, to figure out what to double down on? Exactly. So the phrase we use internally, it's part of the AppSumo culture, is test and then invest. So it's still how we apply things this day. Yeah. For example... A year ago, Nick and Erica on the affiliate team, affiliate's been a, a huge driver for AppSumo, said, hey, why don't we sponsor video creators? And that was, that was inspired as well from our advisor, Moody, who's like, hey, you're doing affiliate, which is cool, but like video content is like really, really rich, and it really it lives longer potentially for, for what we're doing. Why don't we test sponsoring video creators? 
And so we sponsored a few of them. We paid them like a thousand bucks and we gave them 15%. And we didn't go build a full ass thing of like, how do we track them and how do we pay them? Let's just see if it works. And really quickly, these videos were fun for us to watch and we were able to make our money back very quickly. I believe within a month, we made ROI positive, if not sooner. That is such a great idea. Like, you And could- so once you test it, now there's a team of five people doing video ambassador sponsorships and management. And so it still applies to this day. But let me be clear, there's other things that we've tried. We tried starting a newsletter called Mind Your Business. That didn't work. We've tried Why didn't that work? It was too much a deviation and distraction from just getting people to join the AppSumo newsletter, trying to start a new newsletter. And we didn't okay. probably resource it enough. But it's like, okay, we tried it, didn't work. We've tried Instagram, can't get it to work. Twitter, not working. TikTok, not working. And so you can also go see our marketing. We don't put a lot behind it. We double down on just, and this is probably a key nuance, James, that I think people miss out on. And they, they think they're special and everyone is special. Everyone is. But they keep doing the things that aren't working. And the power is stopping that and really doubling down with video ambassadorship. Or for us, it's like the deals. Like at AppSumo, everything is a deal. So let's really double down on the, the, call them LDRs, but the team that finds deals and the beta links, they test the deals and the account executives and really making sure the operations team. So when we do a deal, we're like, wow, this is a banger of a deal uh, at the end of the day. And so again, it can still apply whether you're starting or whether you're at a large size. You don't have to risk it all. Like we have some new ideas we're trying. And so instead of risking it all, how do we test it in a month Find out if it works or doesn't, and then you can go invest a lot more into it. Yeah, and 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 I I always love the fact too that once something works a little, you could start being creative about other ways the same concept could work. So take take Jake as an example. Let's say he's sold a thousand golf luxury trips. Now you can go to golf clubs and hotels and golf club manufacturers and either sell ad space or. Or have a little store where you, you know, for all your people who are going to luxurygolftrips.com, you can have a little <laughs> store for them. And, and, and then you can say, huh, this worked with the golf vertical. Now, what other verticals can this work with? What do people, well, people like older people take Maybe history it's a platform trips for or, trips? Like, yeah. you know, AppSumo started as bundles of software and that evolved into individual software deals. And that evolved to us having our own course about how to start a business, which led to Million Dollar Weekend. You know, but the biggest point is we got started and that will lead you on your journey. The other, the other point I've got to highlight for people is the best business, the best is the one that works. The best business is the one that works. And this is something in my 20s, I was really kept chasing the new thing. And then in my 40s, I'm like, I'm just chasing the thing that works. You okay, what do you mean? Because in my 20s, it was like, oh, this is working. Like with AppSumo even, let's, let's take AppSumo. In my early 30s too, AppSumo is working. Let's start a software business. Software business is working. Let's start a marketplace. And it's like all along, if we just kept focusing on AppSumo instead of trying to start all these other new things, maybe AppSumo would be even bigger than it is today, but it would have been, it's a lot more successful and frankly easier to execute with a thing that's already working versus the brand new stuff. And that's something that I had to learn from experience. That, that is a really good point. Um, I think too often people get nervous and try to start many things simultaneously that could work in the, if you're in the experiment phase where, okay, I'm going to try this for a week, I'm going to try this for a week, I'm going to try this. But once you have something that, it's like with the ads we were seeing before, once you see something that works, that's where you double down. Well, it's like, so, yeah, I would just comment there that like you can't learn to swim putting your toe in. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you have to be in the water and you have to give it a shot and then you make the change. The other thing I would say, for, like, you know, let's not get too into it, but with chess, the way you can get to a 2,000 or a 2,500 rating is sticking with it and just slowly... 
I'm, one of my new approaches with business is unambitious goals. <laughs> and this is counterintuitive, but the point I, that I've recognized that you know, there's compounded interest in investments, there's compounded business moves. And compounded business moves is do something with very small gradual improvements over a very long period of time will add up to significant success. And so with AppSumo, yeah. our growth rate is 7% a year. That's what I'm trying to grow, 7%. It's very yeah, and, unambitious. And, and look, you could sometimes do that with kind of like incremental additions to the business, not new businesses, but like what we we're talking about, he could advertise for golf clubs or whatever, or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you're right. With the, Here's the question. Do you double down? And this is actually an important thing for, for skill acquisition too. Do you double down what you're good at or do you try to get better at what you're weak at? So same business, but like, let's say, I, I can't think of an example in business right now. I can um, give an example for AppSumo okay. that we made. A, okay. I've, I wasted like at least a million dollars cash and probably more in salaries. So you have to understand most of the most successful businesses are very simple. Like even, let's say YouTube, you upload a video. Yeah. Google, you search, it has some results. Airbnb, you search, it's got an apartment. AppSumo's core is finding a product that will help a solopreneur. Negotiating a price, sending an email. That's it. And in terms of doubling down, well, we thought, hey, we have 600 deals on the site. If we can 10x that, we'll 10x the business. And so our strength, though, was really just finding high-quality deals. Really, really specifically, super high-quality deals that we can get a great deal on. And then we 10x the, the store from 600 to 13,000 products. So our weakness, we thought, was we don't have enough inventory. If we just have tons of stuff and our algorithm will figure things out. And the team hated it. The customers hated it. The partners were okay with it. And then I spent a million dollars on Black Friday giving it out to people to say, hey, come list your product on our site. And it was a complete failure. Like our NPS of our customer rating went down. Partners were upset because now their products are getting shown. The team was against it. And last year, and what, was this because they were like shitty deals that were then posted yeah. on the site? Yeah, totally. It was, you know, at 13,000, the quality and what people expect from us wasn't there. And so then we had to literally revert that back to now there's 651 products on AppSumo. And hmm. that was trying to double down on a strength that we didn't test. So we could have tested going from 600 to 1,000. And very quickly, you can see, like, how does customers respond? You can, and by the way, you don't even need data. Have customers on your WhatsApp, have them on your phone number, have them in your Slack group, have them in your Discord, and ask them. They'll tell you. I think that's something that I didn't do a good job of, frankly. It, besides that's looking at the numbers. The rest of my numbers didn't make sense. So it's like, you, you, want, you really want to go from strength to strength, meaning what are you strong at? Make that stronger. And yeah, how do we and find even more great deals and really double down on that? I wonder, and this is just like a side thing, I wonder in which acquisition, like skill acquisition or, or I wonder in which kind of areas of life it's better to find your weaknesses and build those stronger or just to double down on strength. So for instance, you're learning how to play tennis and, and your forehand's great, but your backhand sucks. Do you spend more time making your forehand even greater because that's the way you win is usually with the forehand or do you try to be all around and make your backhand great? So that's the two approaches right there. And I would say there, maybe focus on your weaknesses. And so I wonder what makes it different from in business. The way I've looked at it in business, I used to feel really self-conscious and embarrassed that I was really good at starting companies. I used to think like, okay, I can move really, really quickly before catch, fear catches up. And I used to be such a, so afraid of that. 
And then I realized like, why don't I just embrace that? And other people, like let's take Lauren or Anna or Amy who like doing customer support, do that. And they actually enjoy it. Or finding someone like Sean who loves Excel models and doing strategic analysis, have him do that. I'll stay the hell away from that. Now, and then I'll put myself only in the places that I'm really excellent and really double down on promotion. Instead of trying, you don't think there's more value in you trying to get better at what you're weak at so you, so you can have a more holistic view of the, of the whole business? I think especially when you start a business, if you're the first employee, it's good to understand everything. It's good to do, like when I started AppSumo, I was the support person, I was the marketing person, I was the salesperson, I was the developer, I was the operator, I was everything. And I understood it. And, and the clear caveat I have to make is that I meet a lot of people who say, I'm going to hire a marketer or CEO or salesperson to save me. And that is going to be a huge, huge fail. What you have to do is have an understanding and then you could find the person. It's not, most times you're not going to find yeah. a miracle uh, in that instance. Now with business, yeah, I don't know in tennis, maybe it can work if you try to get all around. But what if you just had like literally the fastest serve in the planet and maybe your other game's okay, but no one returns your, your serve. You know, I, I haven't done, a, you know, I'm not a great, ten I'm, I'm okay in tennis player, but in business, I've just found, let me understand at least lightly everything, but really focus on, for me, it's marketing and promotion. And that's where I'm doubling down on a little bit. I would say leadership does something I've worked on in the past two years. But all these other areas, like I'm okay being ignorant and I want to be around people who are way better than me. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. One thing I want to get to is, and you talk about this in the book, and this is an important topic, ideation. Like you're, you're talking to a lot of people who already have ideas. Like I want to set up a golf trips thing and I, I want to solve a problem on DocuSign and then you could validate it. But what about the person who really does seem to be a little weaker than, you know, at coming up with that initial idea or they're a little anxious about that or, or whatever? Yeah, there's, there's, you know, literally the book starts with excuses, frequently made ones, and everyone's got the same ones. And, and realizing that you're not so unique in it is also empowering to realize that it's solvable. Right, that it's been solved. Like most of these problems have been solved. And so when people say they don't have ideas, it's just they're afraid of starting. And they're afraid of what, what happens when they actually do get started. And that's why I encourage people to think about what can you do right now? Can you post something on social media for yourself? Can you ask someone to mow their lawn? Can you put something up on Etsy or Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or wherever you are in the world and do that right away? That, those are available businesses instantly. Now, a few things to consider. I have a cousin, he's in the Air Force. And he emailed me some ideas. He's, he has a dream to get the hell out of the Air Force and have a business. And he said, hey, I had this idea and I'll just share it because I think it's fine. He wanted to do baby clothes that can age with the baby. Right? Because right now you buy baby clothes at one month and six months and 12 months and all that stuff. And I'm like, love it. What can you do right now to find three customers? He's like, oh, I, there's a parents group. I'm going to message each of these people. Great. In the interim, though, he Googles it and he's like, oh, someone else already did it. I was like, oh, so you're telling me that 
just because someone else opened a restaurant, there's only going to be one restaurant per city. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Well, of course there's more. Okay, well, so there, there's different types of restaurants. Or there's maybe your baby is Air Force baby clothing and or service baby clothing, and theirs is for a different type of baby. And so there's how, room for how a does, lot of people. How do clothes age with the baby? I'm not, I don't know, dude. He's got to figure that out. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's much easier to figure out a problem once you know that there's people that want it versus yeah. the other way around. That's what a lot of people do is, oh, I figured out a way for baby clothing to grow and then go to people and be like, hey, do you have this problem? They're like, I don't know. I don't care. Let's find yeah. out they have it. And guess what? When you have money and customers, it is much easier to be resourceful. And entrepreneurship, a lot of it is how do you be resourceful? Now, let's come back to your original question. How do you come up with ideas? All right, let's just do, I'll give you three ways. Everyone can just go do these right now today. One, call it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open up your phone. We'll even do a live experiment here. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It, it's two, three fifty where you are. What is one thing that annoyed you or bothered you in your breakfast today? I didn't eat breakfast today. And because do you know as, as no, as I get older, the less I eat, the better. Okay. And then, do you? So my encouragement and what I'm helping people think through is like, what in your day and, and break it down to morning, afternoon, and night that you found irritating. So what is something in the morning or afternoon, James, that that bothered you or you wish you had or frustrated you? I'm almost a poor person to ask because I don't really do that. I don't really have many problems. I don't really do that many things. So like, <laughs> I honestly don't know what bothered me today, if if anything. Okay. It'd be, it'd be, I'm 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 not even trying to be difficult. I I no no I it's okay. It's I did po- I did podcasts I that I enjoy all day and I I read and I play chess and and I work on different businesses I'm involved with and it's all good. <laughs> Okay, so for other people out there, I'll even give myself as an example. So today, right now for lunch, I didn't have lunch because I didn't know what to even order for lunch. And I actually find that to be a real challenge. Oh, that's interesting. Write that one down. Hard to figure out for lunch. Another thing, my grass, it's missing a huge section this morning. I go outside, I'm like, oh man, that's been there for over two weeks. Damn it. So again, if you think of it in what is frustrating you, the best businesses are the problems you have yourself. So that's one way. Just think about it in terms of day. Number two is, James, you can look at, this is the Tim Ferriss one, which I love, which is look at your credit card bill. Like, what are you spending money on that either is annoying you or is an opportunity? And I think those are one of my, I've definitely started a lot of businesses. I hate paying full price for software. AppSumo.com. I don't like that I have to sign up for HelloSign or DocuSign. Guess what? I'm going to create an alternative. So that is a way to just at least get inspired and recognize that there's a way to create business around that. And then the last thing, and James, I'll give it, let's try one more. Let's try one more. Those are two. All right. What is something that you've been, <laughs> what's been on your to-do list or that you've been meaning to do that you have not done for at least a week? I haven't written in at least a week. And what's held you back from writing? Because I've been focused on other things like for instance, studying chess, or I've had a, a, a lot more business-related meetings lately. And is there anything that would have saved you time so you could have had more time for writing, which sounds important to you? What would have saved you time? Well, I could have stopped playing chess as much <laughs> and wrote during that time. <laughs> I don't know. That's a problem. That's not, that's a general, that's not a no, general that, problem. Different, but what I'm recognizing for people out there is that what are you avoiding doing is a business opportunity. Or if you wish you had more time, maybe you need an assistant, James, or maybe you need better scheduling, or maybe you need someone to help you with time management. Yeah, Jay, my podcast producer is supposed to schedule me. He's lousy at it. No. (laughs) No, it's good. (laughs) But maybe Jay 
maybe Jay needs tidycal.com. That's a tool we created because we hated paying full price for Calendly. And so again, what I'm, I'm doing is that these aren't going to be magic bullets where you're going to, oh shit, this is a billion dollar idea. It's ways to come up with ideas, make sure they're million dollar opportunities, and then validate them in a really quick amount of time to see if some people want. And guess what? If it doesn't work, just go back and try it again next weekend. So, so by me asking those questions, I'm asking them to myself to solve a problem for myself. And that's something you encourage in the book. But I yeah. could ask that to other people to find out their pain spots. Like totally. I can go to a dentist and say, what's your pain spot? And, get it? and it's like, oh, I don't have enough well, customers. I'm not big on social media. And then that's an idea. Yeah, so two, I actually have a business I, can, I know you'll buy. So you know how you said you had no business ideas? You're like, I got nothing. All I do is eat and do yoga and meditate and play chess and do business deals. So you're a 2000 chess player. I know we're not going to talk about chess because I guess we talk about it too much. But it sounds like from hey, what I I'm heard a, you- Hey, I'm a 2200 at heart, but let's- <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. At heart, I'm 25 years old, but my you know, geo, you know, genetic age, I guess, is 41. But let me, again, listen to people. And if they have a problem and you could solve it, that's a business. So you said that you're- a 2,000-ish chess player, it sounds like if you could get to 2,250, it, it's really important to you. Is that, is that, is that correct? Yeah, because I'm writing a book about this journey. I can't write until I it. solve this problem. And that's great. And so, do you, are you see where I'm going to go with this? No. Oh, great. Ooh, even better. <laughs> and so, what's your approach to going from, just very briefly, what's your approach from going from 2,000 to 2,250, high level? Studying and getting coaches. And getting coaches. How do you find these or coaches? working with coaches. Well, I have one coach that I, I work with who I like a lot. And how much are you paying him? Uh, it's barter. I help him with business. He helps, he helps my chess. And how long are you planning to... When do you think you'll be a 2250 player? I thought it was going to take six months and I'm already on my second year of this. And so. so it sounds like it's a very big problem and important to you. How come... What would it be like to actually be a 2250 player? So by the way, here, you sell a little bit of the future. So what, what would that, I'm listening, by the way. So listen, option transition. I'm going through the same exact thing. And again, we're finding a business idea. This is the cool part. So James, it sounds like, what would that feel like to be a 2250 player? How would you feel? I would feel that I, for all the people who said I was delusional, <laughs> that A, I proved I could do it. And B, uh, I could start writing this book about the adventures I've been on since starting this. So James, it sounds like if I'm able to help you, and I have this brand new way, go from your 2000 to 2250 in six months guaranteed, and you get or you get your money back completely, it sounds like that would be extremely helpful to you. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm not even going to get into the business because I'm not a chess player and don't sell something you can't sell or you can't actually help the person. But right here, I've identified a key pain point that you're, that's actually a business for you. Right, that's a business opportunity. So, how can you get rapid chess speed development from people who, like yourself, are rich that have money to pay for it? And then you work backwards to see, like, okay, that's a business idea. Now, can I go see the market, validate it, like I just did potentially, and then move forward with that? So, I would say yeah. that's a really interesting business, which is like rapid chess development for rich people. Yeah, and the uh, the issue. Okay, and maybe I'm making an excuse here. The issue is like I'm really an. I have a, an extraordinary advantage on learning. A, I've done a lot of studies of learning and meta-learning. B, I've talked to all the best coaches in the world, the best sports psychologists in the world, the best neurologists in the world, the best players in the world, the best coaches and the chess coaches in the world. I have so many access to so many resources and it's almost an impossible task to determine what the best methods are to improve. So two separate pieces. 
I'm identifying the business idea. Like, what's the problem? Right. Which is that, I get that, yeah. And so I think that, that's number one. Number two, in terms of how to solve it, you need to either, for me, I'm not a chess expert. You know, I'm a, depending if it's Blitz or just classic, like a 1400 rated player, 1300. No, you're better than that. You're better. I'm than a 1700 that. on like, I've been playing more three minute games. It depends on like how much I'm practicing and studying. But my point though is that if you have something that, like, one, I identified for yourself, holy shit. Maybe there's other people like me, and maybe there's not. It sounds like there's not that many. So would I go try to validate that business? Probably not. But that was just one way I showed you that there is a business problem that you have that you probably could have. You could start as a business, but would I recommend it? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I don't really spend a lot of money on a lot of things. Like, I don't, I'm almost not a good, I hear what you're saying because like s several businesses that I've started have been because I was good at a skill set and it was a problem that I knew lots of people had. So like building websites or, or, you know, creating good information resources for information even that I wanted to learn more about. So, uh, but just like right now, I just have, my goals are very simple. So I don't have that many issues. Yeah. No, you don't have issues, but l let me just ask, like, what's it worth to you for you to go from 2000 to 2250 by the end of the year? Oh, I would pay quite a bit. Like how much would you pay? Well, just let's say my bartering time, if I add that up, I, I, you know, just in terms of compare it to like any sort of consulting fee I would charge, I would probably, it's probably worth like uh, close to a million dollars to me. So that sounds like a million dollar business. Yeah. <laughs> you can find and one customer. That's all you need. Yeah. You know, I was looking at, um, my friend has a company called Howdy.com. It's, it's hiring developers in South America for more affordable than hiring American developers. And, she's, and she, which is crazy, they have 185 placements, right? And now that sounds like nothing, but then each placement they make $2,000 on a month. And you're like, holy wow. shit, that's almost half a million dollars a month that they make. And so just because you only have one customer at a million, that, that can be a substantial business. But my, you know, the How do they compete? Are, How does she compete with like Fiverr or something like that? Freelance.org. They have the developers work in their offices, so they're the ones actually finding the developer. They work in an office. They have benefits versus Fiverr. Uh, you're finding individuals that are freelancers. So these are people uh, that actually that work for it. So we're we're evaluating using them at AppSumo. My point though is that you don't need a lot of customers to make a million dollar business. Yeah, I think with your chest one, I think there's something interesting there. If someone's out there, go study it, figure out if there's a way to do it, and then how do you make it a no brainer to test it with someone like James? Yeah, I mean, I guess essentially that's what I'm doing with, of course, I have a coach that I think is the best possible coach for me to have to, to get better. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, chess is a specific thing. I, I I actually beginning to think it's my mindset that's more of a problem than anything else, but that's a whole other story. We could, That's a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I so, mean, your, your original question was how do you come up with business ideas? And it was like, we just found one. Yeah, and then... I'm wondering though if you can go through that same process with other people though to see what their pain points are to start a business where you know that 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 you might not be interested in dentistry, but you realize that no dentist knows how to make a social media <laughs> presence, so that becomes a business. And so you you survey an area where you think there's a hole, and and you find the business opportunities there. Yeah, I have to give the caveat. I think in business it's good to get reps in, right? So just like going to the gym, it's good to practice. But yeah. I found for myself and a lot of people that the most successful stuff is the things you actually care about yourself and that you're interested in yourself. I agree. Like there was this period in where 
I tried, I had like a lot of different ideas for businesses. So I want, I really wanted to make a dating site, but I knew nothing about dating sites and the fun. And we made nine of these different types of dating sites and they just all failed. And then the final site that I had come up with, uh, was a site to make a, a social media site about finance. Um, and, and no news. Cause I hate news and finance. Cause I think that's all bullshit. And I, and my business partner said, uh, you know, we just did nine failures. Let's not do this one. Let's just try this one other thing. And this is something I knew a lot about. And so we, we did it in a few weeks, we launched it. And within, uh, a month we had a, a million unique visitors. And, and by the way, before we launched, I found a company to put ads on every page. So I had customer eye profits day one, because again, I knew the industry, so I knew who to talk to. So it's, you're right. Like the thing I was an expert in was the easiest business for me to start. Everyone's one no away from a yes. Everyone's no, one no away from succeeding. And the fact that you, you said, all right, I like the idea. Let me keep trying and trying and trying. Eventually you find the thing and then you can make that work a lot more. And most people are giving up too soon. And look, if you like dentistry or you like doing Facebook ads, I would go think about what have I done in the past that either I, I did for free and I liked or I've gotten paid for in the past and how do I revisit that? I, I think for myself, I always felt, hey, I like promoting and marketing. Can I really make a business out of it? And it's like, yeah, just embrace that. I fucking like that. And that's okay. And that's what now my whole career is. It's promoting on YouTube or promoting in the book or promoting AppSumo. Man, I'm so glad you wrote this book because <laughs> A, again... <laughs> This now I can just now I don't have to spend a lot of time with people who I give advice to about business because I could just say just read this book, The Million Dollar yeah, Weekend. It's, awesome. ex it's exactly what I would advise, and it really is like you you really hit the nail on the head on so many just basic issues. I wonder why more entrepreneurial oriented books don't do this. Why do you think they don't do this? I think a few different reasons. One, they a lot of the authors got rich from authoring or from courses. They haven't actually gotten rich from business. So that, mm. that's one reason I don't, you know, a lot of these guys on YouTube or podcasts that are very popular, I'm like, what's your business? Can I ever see it? Can I ever hear about it? Oh, no, you don't have one? Oh, you tell me you make $100 million, but no one can ever see it? You can't prove shit? No, thank you. So I think most people haven't actually done the real work, and I'm still doing it, right? I'm still running a business. And then the other thing I've noticed from business books, and I read a lot, and just because you read doesn't mean you're a great writer, but I, I consume this material because I always wish I knew it earlier on. In either right. A, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a mega, mega, mega bestseller. I read it and I was like, okay, I want the Rich Dad. What do I do? Guess what? It doesn't tell you shit. It just gets you in the mindset that you should go buy real estate, but that's all it does. Or you have these books that are hyper-focused on recipes. So you have either too far a theory or too far of a recipe, which is, okay, if you want to start a business, you, you get a landing page and you run some ads and you see if people click on it. And then you get once you get that, then you start your Shopify. And the reality is it's the blending of the two, which is... I found out most people, almost all of them who haven't had success, never got started and they were afraid of asking. And so really blending in those, those skills in a fun way and then leading them into the, I would say, recipe portion of the book, which is how do you validate the million-dollar opportunity and then move to the scaling part uh, in the end of a book, which I can't believe this is $27 or whatever the price is when it comes out <laughs> for people no, that, that's a, that's you know, to make a million dollars and beyond uh, for a very affordable price. But you know, you're 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 right. It's really interesting because there's one thing your book does that the other two approaches don't do. And I'm and this has nothing to do with the entrepreneurship aspects of it. So like the first one you say too much theory, and the other one is like too much of a formula. Both sides of that equation don't deal with mindset and psychology. 
And what a lot of your, whether you realize it or not, what a lot of your techniques do is remove the psychology component, which is good. Like you, yeah. you, you, you solve the psychology component. And, and what I mean is there's a lot of psychology to business. You get rejected all the time. So you feel sure. bad. Uh, maybe you do something for a year and it doesn't work and you feel bad. Maybe there, there's, oh, like you say, there's the psychology of excuses and failure and, and there's I mean, even a psychology when you win, like you, you have to deal with winning is a whole psychology. I mean, I, I think two, two key components, you know, out there to think about is that I've been doing this, like I've started million dollar business over and over and over again. Mark Zuckerberg only did one. <laughs> and, and by the way, you were there at the beginning of I Facebook. I was at the so. beginning of Facebook. But the point is, one, I've done it time and time again. So either I'm very lucky or there's something happening where I've figured out things that I, I can share. The other also, part you was, see thousands of businesses in your in the AppSumo store or whatever you call it. store, 10,000 people have gone through the course. Millions of people have read the article in Tim Ferriss, which the, the post was based on. The beta launch team of the book was 1,300 people that have gone through the book and I've worked with them individually. So it's something I've done over and over and over again. That's what's led me to feel literally the expert in the world about teaching this information, which for me, I was surprised if I could even do it. And I was like, can I? And then the other thing is that in business, you only need one hit to succeed. You only need one time. You only need once. Just one dating website or one video. You know, I, I put out, I talk about the law of 100, which is committing to doing something 100 times. I put out 98 videos, give or take, until my finally, it's like not working. And I did this video called Knocking on Millionaire's Doors and asking them how they got rich. That finally worked. And that was the first video. It's like, oh, and now all my videos are kind of like that. Now, By the way, I think that, I think I think that video created a whole genre. Like now, yeah. you see all all over TikTok. Hey, what do you you know? You look rich. What do you do? Yeah, and, there's uh, a lot of a lot of kids doing that now. And now I have to evolve, right? Which is good. I'm cool that they, yeah. you know, I, I'm everything is a copy of something else. So I'm, you know, we were inspired by you know Daniel Mack who did it for cars and some of these other guys that didn't before, but they were faking it. And yeah, it's been interesting to see that this book can actually work. And then noticing that, like, I, I ask people, like, why haven't you started? Oh, because, you know, I don't have enough ideas. And those things all boil down to the same two things, which is they haven't started and they're afraid of asking. And, and I think with all this stuff, how do you make it fun? Right? Like, you, you don't, don't have to be a millionaire, but I think everyone should be an entrepreneur or at least try to be an entrepreneur. Whether So, like me, I got fired and I was like, holy shit, like, they can take away my job just like that. They literally, you know, my livelihood, where I was living, I lived in a Facebook house. I got kicked out, basically. <laughs> and I had oh to go move God. to my friend Johnny's couch. And so I was like, never again am I going to let someone else control how my future is. And being an entrepreneur, is, whether you like your day job or not, at least getting started on that uh, will create that option available for you. Yeah, and like again, like you give these challenges that are fun, that are kind of good ways to practice the mu actual psychological muscles needed to be an entrepreneur. None of these other books, the theory books or the formula books, do that. That's what I, that's what I love here because this is the real advice: how to be an entrepreneur, and it's important. Like you said. It, it, you know, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, but they look at Mark Zuckerberg and say, oh, I better raise $500 million and do all the well, learn how to do software. Zuckerberg, and, like, take that as, a, that's a great example. Zuckerberg started in a weekend. Yeah. And guess what? He copied, he didn't even come up with the idea. He copied the Winklevosses. <laughs> and, and he had not only, And so and he, not only that, which, which oh, but, but sorry to interrupt, like, go for it. One thing that struck me with his business in recent years is for some reason, he has forgotten how he began. Like, t he said, He's going to put, you know, billions of dollars into creating a virtual reality metaverse. That's the exact opposite of how he started Facebook, and of course, of course, that failed. That that whole endeavor on his part, like it's a complete failure. So, it's interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, he started in a weekend, right? So he saw someone else that worked, which was called Connect You. So I met the Winklevosses, and they're they're interesting. And he copied them and launched it himself after trying two other things, Wirehog, and then he had another site, I think, called FaceMash that did not work. Launched in a weekend, sent an email to his own influence, or to his own dorm, and that is how it got started. And that's available. That's not just for Zuckerberg. It's for anyone out there that wants to get started. Yeah. No, that's great. And, uh, and I like how they did start. He did start with just the people he knew. It's like when I launched my, the, the finance site I was mentioning earlier, I, first thing I did was I wrote to all the finance bloggers that I had been regularly recommending in some of my articles. And they all then started recommending it to their that's readers. So, cool. so, so that's why I feel like I really resonated with your book because I've had a lot more failures and successes, but the successes all had the elements of your book in it. Whereas the failures did not pay attention to the advice in your book. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it also should be a fun experience. I think what happens in business is we create these, you know, we create this like, oh my God, I've got to have a great idea and it's got to be all this big, scary stuff. And it's like, all right, chill out, have fun. Like, I, yeah. to me, having a day job seemed really shitty and risky. That seems so scary. Like, staying at yeah. Intel, if I stayed at Intel for 30 years, like, I'd probably. I don't know, man, if I would have committed suicide by now, but like that to me seemed like a nightmare versus like the idea that, hey, if I start a business, I could spend half my year in Spain, which is what I do, right? Or, hey, if I don't feel like working this week and taking off, I can. It's not always well, going to be like that. The other, and the other side of it is that you have to get started, but you have to stick with it. And that's very tough for people that have families and day jobs is because their day job pays them you know, 50K or 200K and then they start a side hustle and they make 50 bucks the first month, which is amazing. But you got to figure out, you know, I like Law of 100, but whatever it is, so that each month you kind of just stick with it. And then for me, 13 years later, thank God, you know, I get to make really, to me, amazing amounts of money doing what I love. Like, how cool is that? And that, that's available for everyone. No, I, I agree. Like, having a, a, a job, again, I don't want to criticize everyone who has a job. There's a lot of reasons people take jobs, but, and I, I've written about this before, before. It, it's very um, fragile as opposed to Nassim Taleb's concept of anti-fragile. Like, like you said, you lose your job, you lost your house, you lost your friends, you lost your opportunities to make a, you know millions of dollars with being an early employee of Facebook. It's depressing. So it's it's a different experience. You have to deal with people you don't like. Like if you don't get along with your boss, you still have to deal with them. Oh my and God, so- dude. My, uh, I, won't, I can't call it out, but I have a friend every day. She's like, I hate being with my manager. He's always talking so much. He uses foul language. And he's just, he always talks so long. It's like, huh. Well, you can take your power back. It's not going to happen overnight, but by creating your own business, at least you can have that op- that option whether you want to have this job or not. And by getting that, started today, you can eventually have that 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 available for you. That's a good point. Like and and you mentioned the book, but it's 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 worth mentioning. Like I was a full-time employee when I first started my first business because I had $0 in the bank, like zero. I lived off my paycheck completely every month and that was it. And I stayed at my full-time job for a full 18 months after starting my first business before I was made the leap. Hell yeah. Because, because you want to manage risk a little bit in your life too. You totally. don't want to be, if you, if you jump the first day and you don't have any money, that's scary. That's, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Like That's scary. So I had to work really hard. And uh, uh, that's important. The other thing I want to mention too, there's a very, I just realized a very subtle thing that's very important in your book. With your DocuSign example or Jake's golf trip example, you have to ask for money. Like it's not enough that they say, no matter what they say, 
They could say 100% chance I'm going to buy this. Just show me what you got. 100% chance you got to ask for money. That's the only way to validate the idea. Because there's many examples of people saying, oh yeah, if you made that, I'll buy it. Can I I never buy it again? So this is someone who rejected me from the the DocuSign example. But let me just read a little bit. I thought it was so interesting. Because I said, hey, I'm going to start this DocuSign. And she goes, I hate, with a lot of A's, my DocuSign subscription. I just need like 50 cents. I'm so infuriated. I don't use them. I'm so angry about it, right? This this is what she sent me. Uh, Because I posted in a WhatsApp group. Hey, I'm going to start a DocuSign alternative. This is to a small group in Austin. Is anyone interested? And she she messaged me about this. I said, we're building an alternative. Pay once, no subscriptions. And I said, yes, I hate these things. I hate the same thing on my side. She said, please. And I said, I got you with the flex. And then she sent me hugs. And I did a smiley face. Then I said, hey, I'm trying to get a few beta customers tonight. It's part of a 48-hour build-a-business challenge. Here's where it gets interesting. She goes, well, I don't need any signatures tonight. But I can fake it if it means I can cancel DocuSign. Ha ha. Cool. Down to deposit, $99 for life. It's 100% refundable if not delivered. And I and if you love it, uh, and if not delivered and you love it within two months, meaning it's 100% refundable. I didn't think you need a signature ASAP. Ha ha. Her. I guess I, I need to see the feature sets to make sure it'll work for, for me first. Okay, this is rejection. This is her saying she's like serious, but not actually serious. Even though you've wrong. already said within two months of delivery, it's refundable. Yes, and it's so actually it doesn't have a feature set. Yeah, and then I said, well, what? So again, this is why we practice the coffee challenge. This is why we practice the dollar challenge. It's not to oversell. It's not to. I'm not trying to teach people, convince people that don't want something, that they want it. That's not the point. You want to see if it's a problem, see if you have a solution for them, and see if they'll actually give you money. If they don't, try to understand that. And I and I said, well, it says you need to see what features. Okay, well, what features are critical for you to do a deposit tonight? I'm trying to balance building, and be clear, I'm trying to balance building a ton of features and also making sure I'm building something people want. And I said, she said, I want to insert text and signature fields for different people. Sounds great. We can do that. Is there anything else? And she stopped responding. Yeah. And and by the way, this is a concept I learned from uh, this professor I was speaking to earlier on the phone who sent me a dollar, Merrick. Um, he's written a, a book about entrepreneurship that's very good. And... Um, he talks about an experience he had where he had every, he basically has said to me, there's a lot of reasons why people say yes. Um, they might just want to get you off the phone. <laughs> they might just want to um, be nice to you and have a pleasant relationship. Uh, you know, they might want to get onto some other tasks. So they need to say yes to you first. So, but there's really only one reason why they all say no, which is they simply don't want the product. <laughs> and that's okay too. That's yeah. okay. Great. And for someone like her, there was, I had four no's, but I also had 24 yeses. And so that's why I practice getting rejected. That's why I practice where it's, I'm not scared because I practice it. And when she said no, I said, okay, great. Thank you. Is there any reason? No. Okay. You're not responding. And I'll follow up with her once the product's out. I'll sell her again. Sure. I'll try to. But that's also, then I went to other people. My neighbor said no to me, even though I went back three times. He said he hates his doctor's sign, but he's like, I just won't be a beta customer. I said, all right. And then other people that said no, I also then say, ask for a referral. Is there someone you know who would refer? You didn't refer anyone, and that's okay too. But at the end yeah. of the day, you know, 24 hours later, $3,000 in deposits from 24 people. That is great. Well, look, Noah, you, you live what you preach, and I'm absolutely sure at some point in the past 10 years, I begged you to buy a book, but I cannot remember <laughs> the specifics of that. The whole that. book is dedicated to James Alter. Do you know the dedications for you? It's not my family. 
It's not. It's James Altucher. Like this book. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm not saying I convinced you to buy a book. I'm just saying I wanted a, a book that you would write. So I never felt, you know, I never felt ready for it. I think that's kind of fascinating. I, I felt scared and I felt like an imposter. Like, who am I to, to write a book on this? And, you know, it took me many years to feel comfortable and it took me facing my, the hard parts in our life. For me, this was putting this together and seeing if I could do it and help people. And then now I feel like, hell yeah, I can. And, and I, I think that, you know, this is a, I would say this is a personal development book wrapped in a business. I, I think this was personal development for you, writing this book, having, getting, getting your confidence up on that, in this aspect. A hundred percent. I felt very self-conscious. I, you know, that's why I hired Tal Ross, so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> you know, I paid this guy a ton of money so I could avoid facing the hard part. And then when I finally faced it and worked on it with him, and then I worked with thousands of people with this specific material after, uh, you know, many years, I was like, wow, this works and I can do it. And that, that's the whole book for everyone. It's what's the thing we're a little bit afraid of that we think might be a little scary. And then we face it, we overcome it and we realize, wow, that was cool. I'm proud of myself. What's next? Yeah. And look, by the way, Tal's a very good whether you call it ghostwriter or co-writer, like he really captured your voice. He captures Chris Voss's voice and uh, don't split the difference. Never split the difference. And uh, he just did another book with Chris Voss, which I haven't read yet, but I will. And uh, uh, he seems very talented. I, I, I like his stuff. He is, uh, you know, there's a difference between a, a, a writer and an author, right? And he was very big on how do we make sure there's very powerful stories and there's a very unique message. And if we're going to do it, let's make the best book in the category. And that was that was definitely a very strong approach versus versus a lot of people like, all right, write a book and uh, here's a little recipe and here's another thing. And it's a, it's you know a professional versus an amateur. And I think in a lot of aspects, I'm trying to find the people around me. Again, my weakness is writing. I'm not a strong writer, but I have good ideas. I'm a good promoter. Let me go find that person to compliment. Going back to what we were saying earlier. Well, that's just it. You 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 have very unique ideas. You have very unique personality. You have lots of stories. And that's why I always wanted to see a book of your stuff. <laughs> but now, we, now I've got it. And look, I look forward to the next time we get together, we'll play chess and ping pong. You know, by the way, I just had a memory. We, we last played ping pong. We last saw each other in 2016. And it was the oddest thing. We were playing at Spin in New York City and I passed out. <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, I, yeah. I, I've never done that before. Like, I literally, I was standing, I, I was talking to somebody you work with and then the next thing I know, I was on, my, on the floor and everybody was like looking at me. And I don't know why that happened, but that was like the only time in my life I've ever passed out. Dude, that was wild. But, that's... <laughs> but And then the last time we played chess was in Austin. I was in Austin and uh, we went to your apartment or someone's apartment and, and played some chess. And you were not, you were not a 1,400 player. I would no. say put you more Dude, at like 1,700, 1,800. Can I tell you a crazy story about chess? Uh-huh, of course. Dude, I played chess with Jamie Foxx. Have you played with Jamie Foxx? No, the 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 most celebrity like person I played chess was I played a couple hours with the Jizza from the Wu Tang Clan. How was that? Oh, he's a good chess player. He's like maybe also like seventeen, eighteen hundred. Oh wow! Yeah, Jamie yeah. Fox crushed me actually. No I, like, way. A buddy of mine, Richard, was like, "Hey, you can come to Jamie's house." And oh, he likes to play chess, so I was like, "Well, I'll bring my chessboard." And so he had like a party. This is like I think it was his daughter's birthday. <laughs> and he had people are drinking, everyone's partying, and at two a.m. they're like, "Hey, Jamie's free if you want to play chess with him." And I was like. Yeah. So you could actually go on my Instagram from I think a year or two ago and see me playing. And I I, th I was like, dude, I can't believe he's so good. Oh he my God. Solid, I, wonder, man. I need to get a rematch on him. Uh, did you play with a clock or you just played a game? Yeah, with the clock. I think we were doing either five minute games or 10 minute games. He was, he was strong. Oh, so he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Jimmy Fox, man. Respect. All right.
I'm going to have to figure out how to play him at some point. <laughs> if you go out to uh, LA, let me know. I can connect you with the guy. Uh, I'll help you out. I'm going to LA tomorrow by coincidence. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no, dude. That's also that's so my, funny, by the way. That's my usual technique, by the way. No, but that, by the way, that's so smart. Like when I was doing this business I was telling you about, this one person was like, hey, can you send me an invoice? And I was like, of course I have invoices. I don't know. I haven't sent an invoice in five years, dude. I don't know what an invoice is anymore. So I go Google spreadsheet, look up invoice free template, make one up, put it invoice number 1402, send it yeah. to him, send me the money. Or this other person's like, hey, send me a payment link. I was like, what the hell is a payment link? I was like, of course I'll send you a payment link. I Google what's a payment link and it's it's like a PayPal thing where they could put their credit card info in. And I just yeah. go to my PayPal, get a link, send it to them, got the money. And so I love I love what you just did right there. I think that's subtle almost, but it's really powerful. Like, okay, solve it. Yeah, that works. That technique works really well. So, um, well, Noah, look, I really hope we get together sooner rather than later. Uh, we will. And I'm so excited for your book. I'm telling everybody about it, particularly right here on the podcast, I'm telling 100,000 people about it. And uh, good luck with it. But let, definitely, let's get together soon. I'll come to Austin or I'll go to Spain, wherever you happen to be, and we'll hang out. I love that, man. I'd love to hear more about how you're doing. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.